Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 131 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word. Help us hear the message you have for us to receive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in Mark chapter 14. We read about the Pharisees continually looking for a way to arrest Jesus, and Judas agrees to help them. As I read the first half of our chapter, I was struck with how God is in the details. There is nothing that goes unnoticed by him and nothing he hasn't planned out. First, we see Jesus' body is anointed before he was taken to be sacrificed. The woman probably had this very expensive perfume in her possession for a time, just in time for Jesus. Second, the place Jesus and his disciples were to eat the Passover meal was already prepared. Imagine a stranger coming to your door and asking if the Lord and his men could have dinner in your home. Somehow God had this all planned out as well. The Lord is in the details, my friend. He still is working in the details of our lives today. Then we read about the First Communion, a beautiful ceremony where we continue to remember Jesus' sacrifice and the forgiveness of our sins. They sang together and then went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, which was probably their usual practice. Jesus takes his top three men with him further into the garden and asks them to pray with him. Even though they couldn't stay awake, it was likely a comfort that they were there with him. He asked them to stay awake with him because he was overwhelmed with grief. Of course, we know they didn't. Jesus was apprehended and taken to the high priest. He didn't answer the allegations against him. However, it is interesting that when the high priest asked him if he was Christ the Messiah, Jesus answered, I am. The interesting part is that the whole time he was teaching in the synagogue, he was asked if he was the Messiah, and he never answered them directly. For the first time, he said he was, in fact, the Christ, the one they'd all been waiting for centuries for, and it was now the reason they would put him to death. The humiliation began, the spitting, blindfolding, and beatings began for Jesus. Well, let's see what James is writing about in chapter 3. This is a power-packed chapter. He writes about teachers of the word and how they are held to a higher standard. He spends most of the rest of the chapter talking about the power of our words and how it is difficult to tame the tongue. Verse 6 says, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a world of wickedness set among members, contaminating and depraving the whole body and setting on fire the wheel of birth, the cycle of man's nature being itself ignited by hell, Gehenna. This makes more sense when paired with verse 9, which says, with it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who were made in God's likeness. This hits home for me, and I hope it does for you too. Let us be mindful of our words and how we talk about others. Let us strive to see the good in everyone, the God in everyone. The Lord doesn't make mistakes, ever. His will is always done. It is done in us and all those he creates. James also uncovers truths about jealousy. Where there is jealousy, there is unrest and contention within us. Verse 16 says, For wherever there is jealousy, envy, and contention, rivalry, and selfish ambition, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. Let us do everything we do unto the Lord and allow him to put us in the position or positions he has determined us to have. His purpose is above our own. He does everything and uses us for his glory. We finish up 1 Samuel today. Let's see what's happening in chapter 29. 
David is set to go to battle with Achish, but his leaders didn't want David with them. They were afraid he would turn on them in battle and become their enemy. So the king sent David and his men back to the land of the Philistines. In chapter 30, David and his men returned to Ziklag to find it burned down and their families taken by the Amalekites. They were very upset and were even talking about stoning David because of this. But David strengthened himself and went to the priest to ask for the ephod to inquire about God and what he wanted him to do. The Lord told him to go and pursue the Amalekites, for they would overtake them and get everything back that was taken from them. David took 600 men with him. However, 200 of them were too weak to fight, so they stayed behind. An Amalekite servant was found in a field who had been sick and was left behind himself. David fed him, and he told David where to find the rest of the Amalekites. They fought and took back all that was stolen from them, plus more. The spoil was split fairly among the men, with enough left over to send to the elders of Judah and some friends. In chapter 31, the Philistines fought the Israelites and slew many of them, including Saul and his sons. Well, Saul ultimately took his own life because he was wounded and didn't want the Philistines to deal harshly with him before he would be killed. He was correct in his assumption, as they made a mockery of him even after he died. Unfortunately, Jonathan, whom David loved, was among those who were killed. Psalm 131 is another psalm of ascent. It has just three short verses. Verse 2 is underlined in my Bible and says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me, ceased from fretting. Well, this verse gives me pause today. I have often felt that God has tempered my spirit, but recently I felt a little uncomfortableness, the kind that happens when the Lord wants one more area of our lives that we've been unable to surrender. If you've ever experienced the phase of weaning a child, you understand the uncomfortableness and the crying about a desire that is unfulfilled. Over time, the crying becomes less, and with still more time, the child doesn't any longer need the comfort of their mother's milk or a bottle, whichever one they were attached to. So for a moment in time, I feel like the child who cannot be soothed or quieted. And if you are going through a time like this, we can long together for the calm and quiet soul that will happen in time. If you are currently in a place of calm and quiet, then offer a prayer of thanksgiving for this moment. Verse 3 says, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. Yes, our hope is in the Lord. It cannot be anywhere else but in the Lord. Let us pray. O Lord, thank you for working in all the details of our lives. Thank you for the hope we have in you. Help us turn to you for help, Father. Help us lean into you for all we need. Help us surrender all our desires to you and allow you to put us where you need us to be. Help us be thankful for all you do for us and the blessings you offer. May your desires be our desires. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.